Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of At The Bar. I'm your host, Brad Marshall. And this is an opportunity for us to sit down and chat with athletes about health, fitness, and mindset. And today, I'm joined by Shaylin. So Shaylin, thanks so much for taking some time to spend with me today. Yeah, my pleasure. So to kick it off, Shaylin, we always like to get to know our guests just a little bit better. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, open-ended. All right. Um, so I am from Michigan. I um, graduated college and went into law enforcement. I worked as a local cop up in Michigan. Um, a couple years later, I loved my job, but Congress opened in to females, um, and that can, kind of had always been a dream of mine. So I enlisted in the Army. Um, I commissioned through OCS, and I served as an infantry officer. And then when I got out, I went back to my department in Michigan and applied to the FBI, where I'm currently employed as an agent. Awesome. And where from Michigan are you from? I'm from Kalamazoo, and then I went to college and worked as a cop in Grand Rapids. Oh, nice. I've been to Kalamazoo. Uh, they were actually a college in the conference that I went to school in. So familiar with that neck of the woods and that area over there. So cool. And so along that journey of law enforcement and the military and back to law enforcement, Tell us a little bit about what your fitness journey has been like. What sort of maybe sports did you play or get into? What sort of workout routines did you like or enjoy? And kind of where you're at now. All right. Um, in college, I played rugby. It was brand new to my college for the women's team my freshman year. So in the fall, we didn't have one. I actually played um, or practiced with the men's team. Um, and then in the spring, we started a women's team. I played my entire time there and then continued to coach after. And I played for a women's team for Grand Rapids after college while I was coaching Calvin's team. Um, so a lot of my workouts in college were fully focused on rugby. Um, I did a lot of lifting and a ton of running. And then um, when I became a police officer, I since I was still playing rugby, I felt like it kept me in pretty good shape for work. So I just kept doing that. Um, but CrossFit was starting to become a big thing in law enforcement at that time. So I started throwing in some like functional fitness type of things, but I was going to um, just a normal gym and anytime fitness or working out at the department. So there was no rig, uh, there were no female bars, no bumper plates. Um, it wasn't, it was by no means CrossFit. Um, but I was at least starting to like pay attention to the sport and kind of what people were doing for their workouts. Um, and then when I joined the military, I really had no say over my fitness for the first year. Um, mm -hmm. being, you just kind of wake up at five and do whatever PT they tell you to do. Um, and then you're in the field and, uh, you don't have access to a gym. You don't have the energy to go to the gym. Um, so training, I'd say kind of got out of shape. Um, but I was really good at like rocking and running and pushups and that's, I know what they want. So mm -hmm. army shape, we'll say that. Um, and then when I was done with training, I finally could get back on the fitness that I enjoyed. Um, during my military training, I met a, a really good CrossFit coach who I went through OCS with. Um, and she kind of got me more into CrossFit. It was during the open that we were in OCS. So we did the open workouts the best we could. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I went with her to a CrossFit gym my first time ever um, on our like weekend pass before graduation. 
So she introduced me to actual CrossFit. And uh, that was my first gym in my home gym for years after that. That's awesome. And what's unique about that is how the different training styles matched up with different parts of your life, whether it was being an athlete, law enforcement, military, and then getting into the type of fitness or training that you actually enjoy. So I'm curious to, to kind of learn a little bit more about what you enjoy or what maybe drew you into some of those different areas. You said, you know, with rugby, it was very focused on just getting better at the sport. Law enforcement, you started to find and figure out some things for yourself. So what are the sort of training styles or regiments that you really enjoy or are your favorite if you get a chance to get into them? Um, I really like a barbell, but not so mm. much. Um, I'm good at the traditional lifts. So my bench and squat are um, by far better than my Olympic lifts, mainly because I haven't really had the technique coaching. Mm -hmm. um, squat and bench, I did in like high school strength and conditioning. So I Leon, um, when I was lifting on my own in college, that's what I did because that's what I knew. Um, so I just kind of like them because I'm good at them, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I have a, a background in gymnastics, but I was really young, like elementary and middle school. Mm -hmm. um, so some of the like the handstand pushups or strict pull-ups, I have um, more upper body strength from that. Um, so I do enjoy those things as well. But then you get into like the crazy people like Maria at our gym who can lift a freaking bus. I don't have that gift. <laughs> It's, it's amazing how, you know, the, the type of fitness maybe we enjoy or fall into aligns with, you know, just what was put on us at whatever age. And so for you, it sounds like in high school, just having a coach do the basic lifts, squat, bench, uh, that's how you get into it. Similar experience for myself as an athlete, like not really knowing what you're supposed to do or what you like to do. It's just, hey, here's the program, go do this and, and you execute and you, you get better. Yeah. Uh, but along the way, you start to realize, oh, there's different types of fitness and other things I like. So out of curiosity, then around CrossFit, you said it was just kind of starting up and you did it at sort of the lifetime fitness level. What drew you to CrossFit over maybe other types of training? Hmm, that's a great question. Uh, I think before that, I had really just done lifting and running and I did both hmm. pretty in college. Um, and I was intrigued by the idea of combining them and getting my cardio and my strength all in one. Um, so that's when I started like going to CrossFit.com and doing their daily workout. I mean, their daily workout as best I could in like mm -hmm. a um, But I really enjoyed mixing those together because in like I played soccer in high school, it's so much running. Like if you didn't, um, no big deal. Rugby, though, the hard part is you're running just as long as soccer, but then you have to tackle someone, and, and it is exhausting. So I felt like um, by adding my strength with my cardio, it was actually better training for rugby. Mm -hmm. and so I, I actually got better as far as the conditioning went. Mm -hmm. So did you have a coach at the college level who was programming for you or were you sort of left to your own devices to try and figure out a way to get better at the sport as a team I know sometimes rugby can be uh, in like an intramural level sport where you sort of have a coach but it's more you get the team together you go play other schools so how did that work at the college level for you 
Um, yeah, so we were a brand new school and we were um, division three. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really matter what division you are in rugby because there's not a lot of women's teams. Um, so we had the woman who started our team. She was a, a junior, a senior at the time. Um, she started the team and then I ended up having to take it over. We never had a coach. Um, I worked closely with the guys team. I, I worked with all of the like men's players and our jobs. Um, and their coach was from really, I think, and like grew up playing rugby. So he was phenomenal. Um, so he would come and help us sometimes. Some of the guys would come and help us who had like grown up playing. Uh, but I kind of just had to figure it out. Um, and then, uh, we had, um, Grand Valley State University and Davenport University were in our town and they were both national champs. Um. So they were phenomenal teams and they also would lend us a helping hand. Their coach would come to a clinic with us every once in a while. And uh, when you want to compete in rugby, like the other teams kind of have to pitch in if they want to mm-hmm. have some play because um, I mean, we had like, we played Michigan, Michigan, Ohio state, like we were playing D one schools and you just, you play who you can. Yeah. So we, uh, we got our butts kicked a lot. Yeah, I, I'm very familiar with the the D3 model where you've got some coaches in place in most of the sports, but it's usually a grad assistant or somebody who's enthusiastic about strength and conditioning who decides, hey, let's let's all do this program, whether it has any actual backing to make you better or not. So it's fascinating to hear that you had to take that on and learn and kind of grow as as you went through that process. So as you transition then, I know you said law enforcement and military got really specific with those types of training. Now you get to train the type of fitness that you enjoy and like doing. So I'm curious to hear what are some of the goals or aspirations or intentions you have around fitness or around the style of fitness that you're doing now? Um, so last year with COVID and everything, um, I didn't, I didn't do the open. Because uh, that's when COVID was hitting, I didn't have someplace to even do it, um, and I was just kind of doing CrossFit to do CrossFit. I didn't really have a goal in mind. Um, I did Misfits competitive uh, programming. I I did all of it, and it it wasn't an issue, but it wasn't really to compete either. I was planning on um, being done competing actually, and then um, this year I almost didn't do the open. Just kind of like what's What's the point? I'm retired. I don't compete anymore. Um, and then I felt a little bit competitive, so I did it. Um, and then I did quarterfinals. And when they announced occupational games, I signed up for that. And I accidentally made semifinals, which was by no means the goal. Um, but it was super cool that I made it. So I decided, what the heck? It can be my games experience. I'll go for it. I'll make some memories. And then I'll be done. Um, and so I went and I had a blast and now I want to keep going. So this year, my goal is much more focused. Um, instead of peaking during the open and then just getting through it, um, I'll try to peak during quarterfinals to make sure I make it back to semifinals. Um, and instead of just showing up to semifinals and accidentally making it, I'm hoping I can actually be competitive there this year. That's awesome. And what's really fascinating about that is 
working out just to enjoy it, be healthy, see how strong, how fit you can get and not having the goal, still making progress, still making gains and obviously demonstrating that over the course of the CrossFit season by making it to semifinals. I'm a little bit curious. So now that, you know, we're not too far removed from semifinals, but you already have some thoughts and aspirations for next year. How does training with more of an intention, more of a goal differ from maybe the way you were training when you said you're doing misfit programming, it was fun. Um, you didn't have this idea of I have to be competitive. Maybe contrast those styles for me if, if there is a difference in your mind. There's a huge difference. <laughs> um, so before I was, um, I was at a different gym, there were really no competitors. Um, and I didn't get coached at all. And my husband, Nick, was like the only person I ever worked out with. And um, sometimes we do the same workouts. Sometimes we wouldn't. It just kind of depended on my work schedule and his. He was in the military. So one of us may not make it one day. Mm -hmm. um, now I have switched gyms. I'm at Shoefly. Um, I have tons of competitors to push me, which in itself makes a huge difference for me. Um, just having a, a better environment, a more competitive environment, and coaches that aren't afraid to actually correct me. I've never had that before. Um, and I feel like just in the last two months, I have gotten way better. Mm. Uh, I, can, I can pick out like certain movements that I could go back to the Mac and I would do better in those workouts just based on having that little bit of coaching. Um, but then you like take the workout in particular and what, what my mindset is for each one, instead of just doing it as fast as I can and racing Nick, which is kind of what it used to be, um, which was fun. Mm -hmm. Now, like, what if I just keep all these wall balls unbroken and maybe I'm a little bit slower because maybe I have to go a little bit slower on the bike, but I'm pushing my threshold for wall balls or, um, picking a number for a gymnastics movement and trying to do those larger sets to build my capacity on that. Even if I end up going a little slower on other things and having a worse score overall, I'm training instead of just competing. Interesting. Uh, that is a very fascinating topic that I love diving into, which I think we'll pull back the uh, layers on that just a little bit, this idea of training versus competing. So it's interesting you said that the community, the camaraderie you feel, the level of competitors at the new space seems to push you and give you some insight into where you're at, as well as the coaching to help refine some of the technique and skills. And then the mentality around competing versus training. Tease those out for us just a little bit of what do you make of the difference between those two, this idea of competing versus training? Yeah. Um so like I said before, I was with Misfits before. Now I'm doing um, Amanda Street's training at Shoefly. Um, but I keep up with the Misfit uh, community. I keep up with their podcasts. I look at their training and I kind of, um, every once in a while, pick out something that's a weakness that they have programmed and I'll throw that in. Um, and they just did a podcast on, um, it was on volume, but, um, you know, pulling back the reins on your volume sometimes so that you, you have the energy to really focus on like some of the higher skill movements, especially for me, 
uh, like legless rope lines. Not something I train very often. Now it's something I'm throwing in an EMOM once a week, just trying to get more familiar with it. Um, and I'm, I'm not going fast. It's an EMOM. Like, there is no score. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just doing it, focusing on quality of movement. So for me, that's training. And EMOM is um, probably my favorite way of doing it. But even in a regular Metcon, like I was starting out, the, the wall balls, I can try to go unbroken. Whereas if I was competing, if it's a heavy ball ball, I'm doing tense. Mm-hmm. Like it's 20 pounds. There's no sense in jacking up my heart rate and then having to sit there forever just to get it back down and keep going. But if I'm trying to build my capacity, then I'm doing that um, bigger set and pushing through that. And I'm not paying attention to my score. That mm-hmm. doesn't matter because my goal of the workout is now um, build my capacity where my comfort in this one movement under fatigue. So would you say now uh, having a more dialed in approach to your training and coaching that you're spending more time training in your day-to-day work versus competing? Um, I wasn't spending any time training before. It was 100% how much faster can I go than Nick? The only measure that mattered, the actual score compared to, you know, the other misfit athletes, I didn't even care about that. Um, What did Nick get? And how much can I be in by? And I was leaving a lot on the table by doing that because I, uh, if I was going to cherry pick something, it was going to be, I'm not going to do that EMOM of bring muscle ups, which of course then bit me in the butt at semifinals when I bring muscle ups. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm doing 100% more training than I was. Uh, and it's still, it's not like I'm, I'm never competing or pushing in those methods. Um, but I do try to have a focus if there's a movement in there that's not a strength for me or that I could build my capacity on. And I, I usually ask straight, I'm like, hey, should I be doing a 14-pound wall ball and trying to go unbroken or should I be doing a 20-pound wall ball and breaking it up? Um, and she's been a great tool to kind of like help me decide when should I push cardio mm-hmm. and challenge myself with capacity or skill. Interesting. I think that's such a unique lesson that a lot of us can take and learn from, especially because in the CrossFit world, we tend to go into the gym, we see the workout, we might look at the whiteboard, see what others have done. And our only goal and mission is just how do I figure out a way to beat so-and-so or just drive myself into the ground until you're exhausted. And there are some different styles or ways that we can still work hard, get some benefit from being in the gym and get better at some of those areas that maybe we're not as strong in. And it sounds like that, that flip or that switch of, okay, there's times that I'm going to compete. I'm going to see what I can do to get the best score. And then there's times where I'm going to train to set myself up for success down the road has been a big shift. That's been a positive one for you. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree with that. That's awesome. Uh, I love that idea, this concept of training versus competing. And what's interesting is you'll hear some folks out in the competitive CrossFit world talk about that we should probably spend 
10% of our time competing. We should spend a majority of our time training, being intentional, having purpose behind what we're doing or the reps, the sets, whatever it might be. So it sounds like there's, there's some alignment with that. I've also heard that, um, that talked about with intensity. Mm. Um, obviously your intensity is higher and you're just running yourself into the ground over and over again, which last year I do recall wanting to retire. I felt exhausted all the time, yeah. which is most likely because I was going balls to the wall every single day instead of pulling my intensity back and giving myself a chance to get more efficient at me. Mm. Um, which maybe this year will help me in the long run. <laughs> yeah, and it's amazing, uh, this idea of intensity and volume and finding the right balance and what is going to help us move towards the goals we have and what might keep us from it and finding the right setup for you because everybody is a little bit different. And along those lines, I am curious because it used to be training with your husband and maybe there were times you competed, maybe not. We're seeing a big shift, I would say, in the CrossFit space of people forming these teams or moving or finding gyms where you have that support system or a coach or a variety of athletes all working together. What sort of benefits have you seen from yourself when it comes to joining or being a part of a team that's striving or working together? Ooh, that's a long list. Um, so before I was usually um, opening the gym if I got there in time and closing the gym. And in that time, it was like, I would get my workout in, I'd be super focused and I'd go home, which sounds like it would be really good to get better. Um, but it kind of sucks the fun out of it. Like going to the gym wasn't necessarily the highlight of my day and I think contributed to me wanting to be done after that season. Um, whereas now, uh, pretty much everyone in the gym is my group of friends who I hang out with outside of the gym now. So, um, staying late to like stretch ability that I definitely didn't do last year isn't a chore because you're doing it with your friends, you're shooting the shit and hanging out and having a good time. Um, or like doing an extra piece when someone else wants to work out on weakness, it's a no brainer. Um, you stay and you do it because you're pushing them and they're pushing you. And, uh, and this is just more fun with friends. There really is. So instead of it being a chore now, um, it truly is the highlight of my day. And, uh, to even to like go in on a Sunday, which is never ideal to go in on your rest day. It's totally fine now. Like, I don't care if I have to go in and make up a piece or whatever. It's not something I dread. Yeah. And I think that speaks to, uh, this idea that, having fun with your fitness, regardless of what the goals or intentions are, is so important. Uh, there's a lot of ways that we can get our movement in for the day and challenge and push ourselves. CrossFit's a very challenging and difficult version of doing that. So if you're not having fun, then you know what's the point? There's different ways to go about doing it. So finding that community, finding a group to help push each other, having fun along the way seems to be a really effective way for you to continue working towards your goals and enjoy the process rather than feel like it's that chore. Absolutely. Yeah. So along the lines too, of this idea of, you know, joining forces with other folks working together, how do you balance the intensity and competitiveness 
when you're surrounded by other people who also are striving and pushing themselves and wanting to get better, I always find that dynamic to be really fascinating around you want to work and push each other because you're both striving towards goals, but sometimes those goals are the same or you're working against somebody who could be a competitor in another space. So how do you balance it and how have you figured out what works for you? Um, so that is somewhat dependent on the person we're talking about. So to take Danielle Lee, we talk it to each other. And that's how we motivate each other. Because if I tell her she can't do it, she is 100% more likely she's going to do it now. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm the exact same way. However, then you have someone like Maria, and I tell her she can do it because she works better with encouragement. Um, and I think it's just for me, I just feed off whoever it is that I'm, I'm pushing against street. I'm going to try to suck up her knowledge. Um, I'm going to ask her how she did it so fast. Um, so yeah, it just, it varies based on the person. And then you have, um, Marie and I are competing together tomorrow on a team. And then in Kentucky in August, we're competing against each other. And like, it's totally fine. I want her to succeed just as much in Kentucky when she's my competition as they do tomorrow when she's on my team. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that just based on our personalities and we all truly genuinely want to see each other succeed and get better, it works. Yeah, I love that. This idea of a rising tide floats all boats. So if everybody's working together and trying to help push and encourage each other, the whole group is ideally going to elevate their performance or what they're striving towards rather than having this, uh, I wouldn't say, I would say almost say a hyper competitive or derogatory where it's like, I'm trying to beat you. You're trying to beat me. And that's all that matters. sounds like there's a, a nice camaraderie and um, almost like a fellowship there, which is a pretty cool experience to have. Yeah. It's uh, definitely a blessing that I did not have last year. Yeah. And so part of uh, what we love to chat about on the podcast here is fitness and getting a sense of what you enjoy doing, where you're at with your fitness. We also love this idea of thinking about the mindset and the habits and things like that, that help us to stay consistent, stay on track, continue to work towards those goals, those aspirations. So starting with the habits idea, or what are some of those daily routines things that you engage in that you feel like help you when it comes to working towards your goals. I know getting the movement in every day or having a schedule for that seems to be a very positive one for you, but are there other habits or things that you engage in that you feel like are really, really helpful as you work towards the aspirations that you have? Yeah. Um, so there are a couple of habits I've had for like my entire adult life. Um, one of them is me eating healthy. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be raised by a mom who forced us to eat our vegetables. If you finish your vegetables at dinner, then they were your breakfast the next morning. Like, that's the next thing you're eating. You didn't get to throw them out. Um, so she, she really helped me create that habit from the very start. Um, and so I, I used to food prep literally everything I ate. Um, I've tried paleo. I've tried all of the, um, you know, super healthy diets out there. Mm -hmm. um, not for the purpose of losing weight, but just for the purpose of performing well. And um, that has certainly carried over. I, last year I uh, food prepped and ate healthy, but I didn't count my macros. So that is something that I'm going to add in this year to hopefully fuel better 
Um, I'm really worried on like nutrient timing, get my carbs around my workouts. Um, and hopefully that can be like an, a little leg up just from eating healthy to really doing the nutrient timing and paying attention to that stuff. Did you get um, some help on that front? Uh, or is that something you found on your own of dialing it in? Or, or how did you go about figuring out the nutrition aspect of how to in- improve what was already going well? Um, so in the military, I read RP Strength's book. Um, so I've always just kind of taken nutrition into my own hands. After I made semifinals the weekend after, or like the week following quarterfinals, I kind of had a freak out moment where I was like, oh my God, I haven't like, I had, I don't have shit together. Um, so I hired a nutritionist for the six weeks leading up to semifinals. Um, and I, I actually did feel a difference in dialing my macros and hitting them. So before that, I didn't, I didn't count my macros. I just, I ate based on intuition and it was healthy. Um, so feeling that difference and feeling so much more prepared going into semifinals and like just that had feeling that sense of control, um, made a big difference on how I was feeling overall going in, especially mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took G kind of off from counting macros because I needed a break because I don't know, six weeks seemed like a long time to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I will, as I get closer to the open, get more and more strict about making sure I'm hitting my macros every single day. But right now it's just kind of making sure I'm getting enough protein um, and making sure my calories are in the right ballpark. I try to be way more on carbs than fat, but I'm not like meticulously coming right now. Okay. And it sounds like that, that balance of knowing when to dial it in to maybe experience some of those benefits leading up to performance. And then having those moments where we're a little bit more relaxed is helpful for being sustainable, not feeling like you have to jump on this super serious strict diet and then completely fall off. But it's just sort of a a balance that stays consistent over time. Yeah. I mean, if I want to have a burger and a beer, I'm going to have a burger and a beer. Um, but the closer I get to in season, the less and less that has to happen. And then, um, like the six weeks leading up to semifinals, I didn't cheat once because that's when you really have to dial it in. So, um, I think the only way for me to even come close to being able to sustain that and counting my macros is knowing that like, it's okay if every once in a while. I nailed my macros up until dinner and then I'm going to go out to dinner and I'm going to enjoy having a date with my husband and it's okay. Yeah. I love the the balance piece there. Cause I think so many times people have this idea of I'm either on or I'm off. Like it's like a switch rather than just, it's just food. We're just making decisions and trying to figure out how many of those decisions we want to make that align with what our goals are. And it's okay to have a burger and beer. And it doesn't mean that we've fallen off the wagon or everything's gone haywire. So I like that balance that you spoke of there. Yeah, it works. And so you start to think about some of the other habits. So nutrition, having that mm-hmm. dialed in and having a consistent approach to it has been really helpful. Any other habits that you found to be really helpful for you as you think about the goals and aspirations you have? Um, yeah, so the only other habit that I had last season, I've implemented some for the season, but the only other one that like I've had for a while is being active outside of the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think that when I take like a sedentary day, if it's rest day or whatever, and I, I literally do nothing, I feel worse the next day. Um, so I try to get 10,000 steps outside of the gym, whether it's rest day or workout day, it doesn't matter. I just try, um, it doesn't necessarily mean I go for an intentional walk other than like walking the dogs. Um, but I just try to make sure I'm moving because I'll, I know I'll feel better. Um, and then I try not to sit as much as possible. So I have a stand-up desk at work, obviously in the car, you have to sit, it's unavoidable. Um, and sometimes with work, I, I don't have a choice. I'm sitting in court or sitting in a car on surveillance and there's just no other option for me. But as much as possible, I stand, um, which helps me feel better in my back, my hips, I'm not as tight. Um, and it contributes to the next day in the gym as well. So I think that's a habit that um, I kind of implemented, I guess, after the military, because I didn't really have a chance to sit ever in the military. And I felt. Yeah, it's amazing how much we realize that our bodies uh, were designed to move and, and be active. And so if we increase the amount of time we're down or sitting our bodies sort of get used to that and it becomes the new normal and along with it comes some of the aches and pains and if we adjust that and make our homeostasis or our normal movement then it adjusts to that and keeps hopefully those joints moving well so uh, i like a movement in the gym movement outside the gym and then dialing in the nutrition some of those really ha uh, powerful habits for you that help you which is a really cool insight I'm curious to dive into some of the mindset piece here. And we've already highlighted some of those pieces, one being the idea of training versus competing and sort of how we think about going into the gym. Um, we talked a little bit about some of the camaraderie and how you think about working with other people. I'm curious when you start to think about, um, we'll start with the competitive side, going into a competition, you've got one upcoming, you just had one, you've got a few coming up later on in the next couple months. What sort of mentality do you like to take or do you like to approach competitions with? Like what sort of puts you in the right frame of mind going into that day where you feel like I'm prepared, I'm ready to execute and, and hopefully perform at a high level? Hmm, um, so I would say in rugby and in sports, I always kind of just had that killer mentality of like, I will run myself until I puke, pass out or piss myself. Like if one of the three P's didn't happen, I have more in the team to give. So I'm just going to keep going. Um, and then CrossFit, when you have multiple events, you can't really do that because your event one might be great, but once you get that final or event four or five, it's, it's over for you. Um, so I, I knew how to pace in like an 80 to 90 minute game. I've had to learn how to go from a, a 10 minute workout where if that was the only thing I had, I could just sprint it and have that other mentality to, okay, I have to save just a little bit in the tank because I have these other workouts coming up, but I still have to do really well in this one. Mm -hmm. um, so my mentality is more, I'm not going to. I'm not going to drive myself into the ground. I'm not going to absolutely empty the tank into that last workout. Um, so it's a more mature, I have to keep my hands on the reins and 
pay attention to my breathing, how my body's mm. and be able to pull back when I need to, knowing that I have the rest of the day to make it through. Yeah. And so when you start to think about being in the actual event and having people around you, how do you operate best? Are you somebody who likes to focus on your own lane, your own game? Are you somebody who likes to take a peek next door and see where your competitors are at? And that either pushes you or no, lets you know to throttle back? Or how do you go about that on actual game day in the events? Um, I'm still learning. So my individual event was semifinals and um, everyone was like, you know, stay in your lane, focus on you. Don't worry about whatever it's doing around you. Okay. Like I'm human. There's no way I could not realize who was around me and how much ahead they were, how, how I was doing compared to them. Not a thing. Um, so I didn't know how to pace. Um, I came out hot on most of the workouts and I wasn't able to hold my pace. Um, so I know this is more mentality, but part of that mentality is like the re the realization so that you can pace, um, which is stay in your lane and pace. But also, um, the last competition I did in one of the workouts, I was so far ahead and I knew that my hardest workout was coming up. I didn't, I wanted to notice where everyone else was because why was I emptying the tank when the next workout I really had to do well in still, and that was my weakness. So um, it depends. At the MAC, I had a really hard time staying in my lane, um, and that came in handy at a local comp where I was able to save myself for my harder workouts. Yeah, that was something I was very fascinated with the CrossFit games this last season with the way they whittled the team or the, the whole competition down to only five individuals making it there the entire time you knew where everyone else was. You know, when you think about semifinals and you had 30 individuals, you had the nine others in your heat, but there was also 20 others. You have no clue what they're going to do or how they're going to operate. But when you're at a local competition or a smaller event where everybody who you're competing against is right next to you, it's really challenging not to notice where they're at. Do I need to throttle back? Do I need to speed up? Do I have the capacity to do that? So it's always kind of interesting to see that, that inner game that goes on while you're still trying to focus on your breathing, your technique and all of those things. So a lot to process and a lot to learn, especially as you get a chance to get your feet wet with some more competition. I know you had a, uh, a individual competition recently after the Mac. So I'm curious, were there some major takeaways from the Mac that you put into practice for that uh, single day competition or something that you might've noticed was a learning point or something that lets you know, Hey, I'm on the right track. I'm moving in the right direction here. Yeah. Um, so at the Mac, it was really like, I had a loose strategy. It was kind of more a, I just need to survive this. Um, this competition, instead of fighting to not be in last, I was actually fighting for first, which is just a whole different mentality to begin with. Um, and I had to fight for first. The second place girl was only two points behind me. So it was a back and forth all day. And I definitely took some of my pacing mistakes from the map and paced in this one. So like the first workout, I finished fourth and I wasn't even worried about it um, because I, I paced it. I did awesome for me. Uh, obviously, the other three girls who beat me did even more awesome and good for them. But for me, it was a win because 
I kept the same pace the entire 20 minute workout, which was huge in learning for me. Um, and then I was able to then apply that in the next workout where I was far enough ahead that I could just kind of pull back instead of giving it everything I had and save it for that last workout where um, I fight for that podium. And it was um, a fight until the last second. So I, I definitely took the pacing strategies that um, I guess I didn't learn them at the math, but I became aware of my need to learn them. And I finally started being able to apply it. Oh, that's awesome. It's always great to hear and, and see those learnings from one event transition and payoff in the next one when you start to implement some of those habits, tactics, or skills that you realize you can take and having the openness, having that learning and growth mindset to make that happen. That's always, I think, something all of us can learn and work towards is whether the event goes the way we like or we don't like, we're always looking at it from a learning opportunity. What can we take to help us out as we move forward? As we continue to think about this idea of mindset, when we start to look at CrossFit workouts, competitions, et cetera, it, it is a very challenging, you know, physical activity, choice of movement, if you will. So I'm just curious to hear when things are tough or maybe a workout's going um, in a way that's a little bit more difficult, where does your mentality go in those moments or how do you help to get yourself through those in a way that you feel proud of at the end of that workout or event or whatever? Is there anything that you particularly do that maybe we could learn from when it comes to those hard and challenging moments during workouts? Yeah. Um, and oh, sorry. Okay. Sorry. Nick was calling me. Um, I've had, depending on the workout, I have had, um, different ones where, you know, it's a sprint and you're just behind and you feel like quitting or you have like super long one and you're like, how, how, like, mm -hmm. like okay, it's dependent on the workout. Um, the long ones, I think of like the 17 mile rucks in the military where it's like, my goodness, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, it's one foot in front of the other, one more rep literally just keep moving um and as long as you don't quit finishing is a win um the short one where it's like i'm so far behind but this is a sprint and like there's no way i can catch up it's no longer caring about what place you get and caring about did i give it my best um so pushing to what your 100 is regardless of what everyone around you is doing and um, again, for me, that's the military. I mean, you go to the track and you do a sprint workout and you're the only girl, like you're gonna lose every time. And it sucks. It's hard to continue to lose, um, but you just have to give it your best. And that's when you have to stay in your lane and not care about who's around you. And it's gotta be a, a personal victory. Yeah, the things I heard you say there that I, I love, one being this idea of, Staying in your lane, especially when you know, hey, I'm giving it my best effort. So maybe people are passing me or the whiteboard might not be the way I'd like it to be. But did I give my best effort at the skill level and capacity level I'm at? And if that's the case, then at least I know from an effort standpoint, that's all I can do. And then on those longer ones, 
where it seems like there might be no end in sight, realizing just, hey, one step in front of the other, can't control five, 10, 20 minutes down the road, but so about what you can do right here and right now that might make a difference when it comes to finishing that workout. So I think those are some really cool and unique skills that we can all learn from and implement when it comes to those tough and challenging workouts we all get a chance to uh, take on from time to time at the CrossFit world. So we have chatted about a lot of awesome things today. I appreciated you opening up about your fitness history, learning about your athletic background into the law enforcement and military and back into law enforcement, where you're at along your fitness journey when it comes to CrossFit, competing, the new team that you found to help support and a little bit of a look into your mentality when it comes to stepping onto the competition floor or even just taking on challenging workouts. So thanks for sharing your insights and your time with us today. If anybody's interested in connecting or following along with your journey, uh, where would they go to find out more about you? Um, Shaylin or Lori. I think I'm like the only person with that name. So pretty easy to find on Instagram. Awesome. Well, go ahead and give Shaylin a follow. It's been fun getting to know her and watching her compete. Thanks so much for spending some time with us on this next episode of At The Bar. And we look forward to seeing you again soon. Yeah, thanks. It's been an honor.